Well, good evening. It's Wednesday night again, and we're gathering together at our normal prayer meeting time and Bible study time. So glad that you've chosen to join us. Uh, we've just been notified that the governor has extended the stay-at-home orders uh, through May the 11th. So that's a couple more weeks, uh, and then hopefully we will begin to see some uh, phasing back in of more normal activities that would also include normal activities regarding church. Um, opportunities and gathering together and congregating again. So be in prayer that this uh, process would would be speedy and that we could uh, begin to meet once again and, and get back to a to a, a more normal and sense of normalcy for our functioning as a church. But in the meantime, we're glad that you're joining us and taking time to uh, study your Bible together and pray together uh, on Wednesday nights and also joining for our worship services on Sunday. Um, and that uh, we will be doing some activities here you'll be hearing more about. Check the website for our wave parade um, next Sunday um, and there'll be information about that and uh, if, you don't, if you're not sure what a wave parade is then read the, at the, uh, on, the, on the website it'll, it'll explain what that's going to be and have an opportunity for you to participate in that. We're going to start a new series tonight um, we've been doing the one another's and so uh, com have completed that. I'm, I'm going to start, start a new series. It's entitled Man's Desires and God's Paradoxes. Um, we're going to look at some of basic human desires, things that are very important to us that are at our core of our being and, and uh, really impact how we, how we function and, and, uh, and the, the kinds of things that, that we desire that the Bible speaks about. And we're going to then see what God says about those things. Now, we're, we're, I'm going to use the term paradox. Uh, that may be a term that you're familiar with, but sometimes people don't know what, what a paradox actually is. Uh, the, the dictionary definition of a paradox is a tenet contrary to common opinion or a statement that is seemingly contrary or opposite to common sense, but is still true. Something that's sounds odd, maybe even contrary to how we tend to think about it, but in fact is uh, true. The Bible talks a lot about these, actually. It, it, it doesn't necessarily call them paradoxes. Sometimes it calls them mysteries. Sometimes it's just a, it's just a statement or a, a teaching that runs contrary to natural human inclinations. Um, and the... the um, we're challenged then to think of, of situations and and things uh, from God's perspective. Now, the Bible does speak about this type of uh, issue uh, quite quite a bit. Uh, um, one, probably the most most familiar passage that um, that people go to would be Proverbs three, five, and six. Um, it's going to appear on your screen, so you might want to read along. It says, "Trust in the Lord with all your heart." And lean not to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Or some translation says he will direct your path. And so, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and several other places in the scripture, it talks about our uh, human ability and human tendency to make our own plans and think through our own processes and uh, it talks about that, that God's ways are higher than our ways. And that uh, in Proverbs here it says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean to your own understanding. 
uh, in all your ways acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. So the we, we, we quote those kinds of passages, we, we see those kinds of passages, but what does it really mean to acknowledge God? Uh, the Hebrew word literally means to see and understand. Uh, so that if we're, if we're not going to trust our own understanding, we're going to see and understand God's perspective on something. And the promise of God is, is that he, if, if, you, if you see and understand God's perspective and follow that perspective, that he'll make your path straight, he'll direct your paths, and uh, you will have a, you'll, you'll have uh, wisdom in making life's decisions. So the Bible talks about God's perspective on things being different than human perspective on things. I remember uh, being taught uh, in, when I was you know, um, a young adult, and the statement was uh, that my human inclinations on certain on situations, on virtually any situation, many situations, my human inclinations are typically going to be opposite of God's inclinations. And therefore, it is very important that we acknowledge His ways. So how does that play out in actual behavior? Um, I'm not sure that we spend a lot of time thinking about that uh, when we're facing a decision or we're facing a desire of our life that we're trying to meet those kinds of things. I'm not sure that we that we take a lot of time to to see it from God's perspective, and yet that's the very thing that Scripture tells us that if we will do that, then we will make good decisions and our desires will be met in accordance with God. So we're going to be looking at these kinds of human desires uh, tonight. We're going to be talking about the desire to be free, uh, the desire to be free, and um, we, we're going to look at. Uh, hopefully see God's perspective on that so, and, and um, talk about what it means to acknowledge God's ways when it comes to meeting our desires to be free. Alright, to begin with, true freedom is not based on our external circumstances or our personal convictions. Now, I'm going to let, you, let, let that sink in for a minute. True freedom is not based on our external circumstances or our personal convictions. One thing for sure is that we live in a country that our circumstances, the very founding of our nation, the very founding of, our, of the republic and, and the principles with, by which we uh, strive to operate on is the idea of personal freedom, um, the Declaration of Independence, uh, the, the preamble. Uh, we hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal, that they're endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Our founding fathers, our founding documents are based on the idea of that we have created a nation whose circumstances and whose, whose very character and ideals are based on personal freedom. But we actually have a story in the Bible where Jesus was, uh, was uh, teaching his followers and this idea of freedom and the, 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 the perspective on freedom came up. It is in John chapter 8, and uh, beginning in verse 33. Now, th this is a, a very interesting little passage because uh, it has tremendous application on this, on this idea or this desire for freedom. Let's begin in uh, John chapter 8, verses 30 to 33. We'll begin in th verse 31, actually. To the Jews who had believed in him. Now, first of all, we need to understand the context here. Jesus is talking and teaching in the temple, and he is teaching the Jews who had already put their faith in him. 
these weren't Pharisees. These weren't people who were trying to uh, catch him and trick him and foul him up. He was talking to his disciples and he was talking into followers who had put their faith in him. And he said to the Jews who had believed in him, Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, you are truly my disciples. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So here Jesus is talking about what it means to be a follower uh, and what it means to be a disciple of his. Uh, we know that to be a disciple of Jesus, that we are a disciple is a person who has put their faith in Christ and is, is following and obeying the teachings of Christ. So that, that was a primary thrust of what he was teaching. But this, this bunch he was talking to picked up on something else. Uh, now keep in mind that these are his followers. These are people who are not trying to um, trip him up. Okay, But they picked up on something else. And what they said in the next verse, in verse 33, they answered him, We are Abraham's descendants and have never been slaves to anyone. How can you say we shall be set free? His followers, these Jews, picked up on the idea of freedom, of basic human desire. And they said, we're, we're children of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anybody. Now, anybody who knows anything about the history of Israel is going to say, how can they say that? I mean, obviously, they were slaves in Egypt. Uh, and and, and the, the, the nation of Israel started and began and formed as, as a bunch of slaves, a chosen people of God, imprisoned and enslaved in Egypt. And Moses, the great lawgiver, came along and God rescued them and the nation of Israel uh, began to take, to take shape. So how can they say that they've never been slaves to anybody? That's, that, that's kind, of, kind of a weird thing to say. Even in the very context that this was taking place in, in, in Jesus' time in John chapter 8, it, the, the Middle East, Israel, was under the occupation of a foreign power, the Roman Empire. Now, they weren't enslaved, but they were under the, the uh, oppression and the, and the control of, of, a, of a foreign power. So how was it that the, that the Jews... Uh, could say that they've never been slaves to anybody because they're children of Abraham. It's because not because of their circumstances. Their circumstances would not lend itself to the idea of, of freedom uh, the way that we would classify it, and certainly not because of their history, because they had been slaves in their past. But the uh, but it is personal conviction, and and they and they were saying that that we are not slaves because. We are children of Abraham. We are, we are God's children. We have, we have a covenant with God. And because of that covenant with God, then we are actually not a slave to anyone. And so the, the, Jesus replied to that, that uh, his answer was that true freedom is based on our spiritual condition. So Jesus replied in verse 34, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And then in verse 36, so if the Son sets you free, you are free indeed. So Jesus, God's perspective on man's desire to be free is not based on their, their, their circumstances. It's not based on their point of view. It's not based on their nationality. It's not based on any of those things. It's based on a spiritual condition. And that when we have been set free of the condition of sin, then we are free Indeed. Now, that's not the kind of thing when people think of the desire to be free um, that we would think of the condition, the spiritual condition of sin. But yet, that's God's perspective. 
A person can be truly free and live under oppression. A person can be truly free and live in a culture and a society and under a government that is not Christian or even is even uh, uh, anti-Christian. Uh, this is happening all over the world in places, uh, you know, in, in, in places where Christians are not uh, f open, cannot o legally openly practice their religion uh, and practice their faith. Uh, in Muslim countries, it is illegal to be a Christian, and you could be persecuted, even put to death. Uh, it, it is oppressed and suppressed in places in communist countries like China, and yet it is possible, and, and that, that true freedom is experienced when we have freedom. From sin, and when the sun sets us free, then we're free indeed. So, how do we experience true freedom? Because that that really becomes the question. Uh, if I'm going to have, have the desire to be free, then truly the question is, how do I experience that? So, true freedom then is not based on circumstances. It is it is actually a true freedom is based on a spiritual condition, and that is to be freed from sin through faith in Jesus. But to experience that, true freedom is experienced when we become a slave to the right master. Now, for us Americans, the idea of being a slave to anybody is not exactly something that we value. In fact, that's, that's kind of, you're talking about contrary to common sense, contrary to our perspective, contrary to our worldview. The idea of us becoming a slave to anybody or anything is contrary to our sense of autonomy and our sense of personal freedom and our sense of, of a personal uh, value, those kinds of things, the, becoming a slave to anybody is something that is not common or even contrary to our way of thinking. That we are, we are rugged individualists. And that is a part of our culture, it's a part of our heritage, it's a, it's a part of our history. But true freedom isn't going to be experienced until we become the slave of something or someone and so true freedom depends on the master that we become a slave to. The Apostle Paul took up on this. when, when he, he took up on Jesus' teaching that when the, when the Son sets you free, you'll know the truth, you'll know me, you'll know the Messiah, I'm, I'm the Messiah, you'll put your faith in me, you'll know me, and, and the truth will set you free because anyone who has sinned is a slave to sin. Paul knew of that teaching in John chapter 8, and he took up an application of that in Romans in Romans chapter 6. And so Paul writes, Don't you know that when you offer yourselves to someone to obey him as slaves, you are slaves to the one who you obey? Whether you are slaves to sin, which leads to death, or obedience, which leads to righteousness. But thanks be to God, that though you used to be slaves to sin, you, were, you wholeheartedly obeyed the form of teaching to which you were entrusted. You have been set free from sin, and they become slaves to righteousness. Now Paul took, took Jesus' statement in John chapter 8 and expounded on it. He says, you are going to be a slave to whoever or whatever you choose to obey. Um, and you, you, think, you think that you're, you're free. I'm, I'm uh, reminded of the television show um, Alaskan Bush People. Um, Phyllis and I actually watch that quite a bit. A lot of the theme of that show is the personal freedom that they have by living out there in the boondocks, and 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 fighting the elements, and you know being, you know digging digging in the dirt and hauling trees around and fighting off bears and all that. 
They said that they, that they do that so that they can experience personal freedom. That is, a, that is a major theme of the show. And yet when you watch the show, they're living, they're living in huts, they're living in tents, they're living in holes in the ground, uh, and they have constant danger, and they're constantly worried about food and trying to find food and, and working very, very hard and all those kinds of things. And you're sitting there thinking, okay, uh, yeah, they can be out there and do whatever they want to do, but, but is, that, is that a freedom that I would enjoy doing? And our conclusion is, is that it's fun to watch them on TV, but I wouldn't want to live like that. <laughs> and so they, they, their idea was of freedom was is that you know, we, we can do what we want to do, when we want to do it, where we want to do it, and nobody is out here going to bother us. And so you could argue then that they are a slave of the elements and a slave of nature and a slave of the, of the environment that they're in because they've chosen to live in that and live by its rules and live by its circumstances. So Paul makes the argument that you're going to be a slave to whoever or whatever you submit yourself to obedience to. If that is a slave to sin, that will lead to death. If it's a slave to righteousness, then that will lead to life. But then Paul said, from just the practical standpoint of who you're, who you're going to do behaviorally, but then he goes on to say, but you wholeheartedly accepted the the teaching that we are dead to sin and that, that we have been declared to be righteous in God's eyes because of our faith in Christ. And so we are no longer slaves to sin, but we are slaves to righteousness because of the relationship that we have with Jesus. So true freedom is based on a spiritual condition, whether or not our sins have been forgiven, whether we have a relationship with Christ. True freedom is experienced when we submit ourselves to the right master. And that master is Jesus as Lord of our life. We talk a lot about Jesus being our Savior, but, we have, but to experience true freedom is that we have to acknowledge and accept and submit ourselves to Jesus as Lord of our life, the boss, which will lead to righteous behavior. And then we are truly free. Then no law, no, no oppressive law, is going to be able to take our true freedom away from us. I hope that uh, you're going to have time with, with prayer with your family this evening and uh, encourage you to do that. Be in prayer for Brother Gary. Many of you uh, are aware of a need in his life that uh, is uh, going on and so I want you to encourage you to pray for him and his family as they go through a very difficult time. And so um, we will close out now and give you a chance to pray with your family and we'll talk to you later. See you. Bye-bye.